0: Go to my website, shown right here, hungtgirl.com, spelled just like my name here. You go to the site, click on the pictures, make sure you enable the Adobe plugins. It's free to do that. You can just see it right here where it will let you know that if it was blocked, you come here, allow it, and then you're set. And um, you can check out me and my friends there, enjoy the free content, um, get a subscription, make a donation, or... um, Maybe just enjoy yourself while you're there. All of the above are very much appreciated. I thank you for it. You can also check out the Living Water Chapel pages and the Naked Truth pages there on hungtgirl.com and get an idea of what it is we do here on the Naked Truth. And that is go over the Gospels of Jesus Christ. I myself, though, you know, the site looks like how it looks, I still actually identify, self identify as a christian meaning i believe jesus is the savior and that if you're gonna look to god or for god for any guidance and call yourself a christian then jesus should get the last word since he's the one it's named for so and um his words are only in like six books out of the entire bible and you know that because they'll be appear in red if you get a bible that's red letter. So anyway we're going to pick up where we left off if you'd like to join us in the book of matthew chapter 19. this is what stood out to me and it's one of my favorites because it speaks to people like me it talks about the people who don't necessarily fit in column a or column b in most people's walk in life but are sort of in the margins and don't always get included Uh, but we're here nonetheless so it speaks about celibacy which talks about people who, um, if you don't know what that means, uh, that's actually what I was going to show you. Celibacy here is uh, the state of uh, abstaining from marriage and sexual relations. So, in the context of what Jesus said, um, well, let's see. If he's saying here, You can, okay, so he said to them, all cannot accept this saying. So that lets us know it's exclusive to only some people willing he, only some people will, will even be willing to accept this teaching that he has to say about this. So if you're going to accept what Jesus has to say, you have to understand that this teaching, and particularly he's letting you us know that a lot of people aren't going to be able to accept it just because it's beyond what they're willing to open their minds and accept. But um, all cannot accept this saying, but only those to whom it has been given. So that means only people who actually walk a day in those shoes. Uh, can understand it and accept it for there are eunuchs who were born thus from their mother's womb So um, that lets you know it's not talking about the definition here um, as far as a eunuch that's um, a man who has been castrated that means the balls have the testicles have been cut off um, or um, Physically or chemically that can be done like with pills or shots especially in the past it's saying One employed to guard the women's living areas at an oriental court. So it's saying specifically in that culture that that's where that was common. So um, that lets you know uh, you aren't born that way. So that rules out them as that lets you know that Jesus isn't necessarily talking about Jesus isn't talking about marriage here, because from birth you can't decide whether you're going to be married or not, or whether you're going to abstain from sex. So he's saying people here who were born that way physically, uh, whether it's uh, missing something that generally other people have as far as reproductive organs, or having an extra something that other people don't necessarily have in their reproductive organs, so that you may biologically be male or female, XX or XY. But physically, uh, genotype, I think, it's it's either phenotype or genotype. I get them confused. I think it's phenotype. So that how you appear physically doesn't align what you look like biologically with your chromosomes. So you may be female biologically, but you may look male or um, like a man physically. um, So and be both be true and neither one be adulterated that can be just how you are and that's what Jesus is saying here some people fall in that category from birth um, so they aren't going to end up being married Um, some people is what he's saying here and that would be you would, I guess, this would be people in areas where same-sex marriage is not still legal. So you're not going to get married in those places because you fall into that category. And there are eunuchs who are made eunuchs by men. Those would be the ones where we just read the definition of it. Who, for um, guard sake, guarding uh, the women in a uh, harem, for instance, would be able. He'd have to be castrated, so his muscles would, and his knowledge and um, um, The fact that he's a man would be available there for the protection of the women, but there'd be no threat of him actually having children um, on the side instead of the emperor, king, whatever. Um, So that would be eliminated. So some men would be castrated for that reason. Again, that's something you're not born with. You're not born um, to work in the court and have your stuff cut off and be a eunuch. So Jesus isn't saying it's celibacy in the sense of not being married or in the sense of not having sex as the definitions as we understand them to be. It goes deeper than that. He's including other people in that. Um, And there are eunuchs who have made themselves eunuchs for the kingdom of heaven's sake. Those are the ones who, like it said, um, religious religious devotion, like if you want to think of monks who give up sex, sexual relations, not and marriage for their religious devotion. So um, that's the verse, anyway, passage that stood out to me about in the Gospels where, again, it's one of the very, um, I've never heard it taught in a church, and I was brought up in a church, um, in churches going to church, and so I've never heard this uh, preached. So it's, it's just a shame that so many people are encouraged to be excluded from seeking God and being a part of uh, Christ and Christianity because we're different uh, physically or whatever, or because you just feel like it. <laughs> people are excluded when the message is, whosoever will. Everyone, if you're willing to, and in fact that everyone's not going to be able to accept some of Jesus' sayings, and he warns us of that. So don't be surprised when some people aren't. They're just too closed-minded to. And uh, unless it affects them, it doesn't matter to them. Just like the coronavirus. If it doesn't affect some people as far as their income, or one of their family members dying, or even getting sick, or receiving a bill for the testing, or a bill for the treatment, and not being able to pay it, or losing your job behind it, or anything like that. If it doesn't touch them, it doesn't matter to them. And there's a whole lot of people that are out there like that. But they, And they call themselves Christians, but you can see here, that's... It's not what Jesus would tell you to do, and it's certainly not what he would do. So anyway, that was the last reading. You can go into it further if you want to check it out on Twitch while it's still available there. You can see um, the whole chapter, Um, and I'd appreciate that too. So we're going to pick up here in chapter 20 now of Matthew. Um, Here we go. For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. Um, okay, so this is a parable, like a nursery rhyme or something like that, a fable, to help um, people who are interested in trying to understand what the kingdom of God is like. hes com- It's a comparison Jesus uses to help make it, simplify it. Um, and so in this one, Jesus is saying, because he uses these often, um, he's comparing it basically to... Someone who owns land, uh, the kingdom of God, he's comparing to someone who owns a whole lot of land. Now, when he had agreed with the laborers for denarius a day, he sent them into his vineyard. So you can think about this like civil wartime, uh, era in the United States with sharecroppers where one person would have the money and means to own the land, but not have interest or ability to actually develop the land. So they'd own the land and they'd hire other people to actually work the land and the people who, and then they just use, they take the harvest and split the, the, and the profit from the crop. And that's why it's called share cropping. They're sharing the crop, the profits and the losses, um, the work and the uh, land, excuse me. That's so now, um, so Jesus is using that as an example, the sharecropper, basically. And he went out about the third hour and saw others standing idle in the marketplace. Wait, I think I missed one. Sorry. Now, when he had agreed with the laborers for denarius a day, he sent them into his vineyard. So, this would be less like sharecropping and more like modern day when you, um, it'd be like he's one still owns the land but doesn't want to work it. But instead of sharing it with people who are going to live there and work the land, like in the Civil War time uh, era of America, it'd be more like how it would be now when um, people have a project and they don't want to pay. Um, the federal minimum wages or around that or better to people they hire instead they have and they generally consider themselves conservative politically they will take um because they call themselves um patriots but they will go ahead and hire illegal immigrants who they bedevil and talk about like trash they will go ahead and hire them because they know they can hire them for pennies just around just better than slave labor prices because slaves didn't get paid remember that only the owners got paid but um but it's not much better for uh, modern day um immigrants who are here working on, off the books so it'd be that sort of situation where it, so basically it'd be like him pulling up to a Seven Eleven or a sitco at 6 in the morning and hiring a bunch of um latino brothers and sisters to come out and work their field for them where they don't actually own any of it either but they're going to get a share of working the crop so that's basically what's happened here but way back then and he went out about the third hour and saw others standing idle in the marketplace so this person must have a large a large plot of land because he's gone out a second time in the same day to hire more people to work the land um and he went out about the third hour oh sorry and said to them you also go into the vineyard, and whatever is right, I will give you. So he's hired more people later in the day. Um, and apparently agreed with them that whatever is right, that's what they'll get. The people originally um, got agreed for denarius a day. Remember that. Basically a dollar a day, if you want to think about it like that. Although that's not what it would equal like nowadays. adjusted for inflation anyway so okay so he's hired more people to go out and work so they went again he went out about the sixth hour, sixth and the ninth hour and did likewise so he's doing a whole lot of hiring that day gone out four times now and then same that'd be basically like guy going out six o'clock nine o'clock noon and three o'clock still trying to hire people to go out and work in the vineyard um So he's obviously got a lot of land or either not able to hire enough people for his land. Either one could be true and did likewise. And about the 11th hour, he went out and found others standing idle and said to them, why have you been standing here idle all day? So this would be basically like uh, the 11th hour would be like five o'clock in the afternoon, Um, basically quitting time for most people modern day regular well (laughs) used to be regular modern day jobs now it's the gig economy so even that's changed but um it would be like the generation of jobs that are dying off now where you worked at them for 30 years and retired that all of that's going away now it'd be like that uh this um where he's agreed to them go on out do your labor and whatever's right i'll give you and he's still going out even at the end of the day hiring people um so they said them so he's asking them why have you been standing there idle all day why is it five o'clock quitting time and you're still standing around the Seven Eleven, um and not working is what he's asking them they said to him because no one has hired them is what they're saying no one's hired them He said to them, you also go into the vineyard and whatever's right, you will receive. So it would be like, um, finally now, five o'clock in the evening, he's come along and told them, you go ahead and go work today too. And it'd be like day labor, basically. He's gone ahead and told them to go out and work too. see and the thing i guess to notice there would be notice how it's perceived as standing near idle even though they've been there looking for work the whole time available for work that whole time but no one hired them a situation a whole lot of people have recently found themselves in so when evening had come the owner of the vineyard said to his steward Call the laborers and give them their wages, beginning with the last to the first. So now it's it's payday, but in this case it's day labor, so it's the end of the day you're about to get your um your um, your money. And when those came who were hired about the eleventh hour, they each received a denarius. So remember, a denarius, if you want to think of it as a dollar or whatever that basic rate, I think it it it's meant to say um. Uh, a certain period like a day's worth of wages but in, anyway he's given so he there he's getting his single delarius that these are the people who were hired at five o'clock at the very end of the shift at the end of the day so they didn't work for very long but they've gotten the dollar the same thing that the people who started the day who got hired around six o'clock in the morning who agreed to do it for a dollar got and when those came who were hired about the 11th hour, they each received the denarius. But when the first came, they supposed that they would receive more. And they likewise received each of the denarius. So now this, these are the people who were hired at the very beginning of the day, probably at the break of dawn, early in the morning, get out into the fields so that they can start picking the the, the grapes and get the vineyard harvest done, um, instead of letting it you know possibly go bad. So... Um, those people who've been there all day picking grapes in the vineyard uh, think they, they're thinking well we've been here all day um, so these people who've only been here an hour they got a whole dollar we've been here all day what are we gonna get is what they're thinking and i think jesus is drawing here as an analogy for us to understand what it's like for people who are brought up in the church for instance or even from a child Or younger feel driven toward seeking God or whatever religion they're in. There's those people who have been devoted since they were kids. And then there's other people who later on in life find God and decide to pursue religion and uh, Christianity or whatever it is they consider to be God or higher power. Um, it happens for some early on. It happens for some later. Some people got hired early on in the day when the day started to get the work done and work hard all day. Some people were hired at the very end of the day to, and still get paid. Um, so let's see how it goes when they see that the people who work all day got the same amount as the people who only worked an hour. Even, let's see. And when they had received it, so they got their denarius, the same thing that the people who were hired at the 11th hour got. And when they received it, they complained against the landowner. So, of course, they're going to gripe. They're going to complain. People nowadays would do the same thing. They probably wouldn't legally be able, they actually could legally get away with it because you could contract someone to work for the day for you for a fair amount but then you could also at the end of the day hire somebody else under that same contract and then just change the term so they get the same amount also um... because it's for that same day so really i don't even know that you'd have to change the term since it's if you could say for that day you get this amount of money so it really you wouldn't even need another contract it's how it's written just like the marriage contract if you take the step of making vows to do something it's not that that marriage is going to last beyond here and now and on the earth but it does mean it because jesus says it it won't he tells us that in matthew 22 when we read that that that's just for here it doesn't continue in the afterlife but um that doesn't mean you won't know each other but you won't be married but he um it's um it's a contract and so it's i think that's the same thing here they contracted, they contracted for a day's labor, for denarius a day. That's what we read at the very beginning of this parable. Um, so let's see how they take this, excuse me. Um, so they began to the complain saying, these last men worked only one hour. And you made them equal to us who have borne the burden and the heat of the day. So, of course, they're thinking that's not fair. We've worked all day. These people just got here and you're paying them, us both, the same thing. But he answered at one of them and said, Friend, I'm doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a denarius? So he's like, I'm not in the wrong here. I'm not wronging you. Consider our contract. He's like, That's what we agreed at. And, and just in case you forgot, he's saying, Did you not agree with me for a denarius? I don't want to lose it. So we're at 14. So here you go. At the very beginning of this parable, for the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning and hired laborers for his vineyard. Now we need to agree with the laborers for a denarius a day. He sent them into his vineyard. So he agreed with them. He didn't force them to do it, much like the marriage contract, much like any contract generally. You're not forced into it's voluntary. So he's saying, I didn't force you to do that. You agreed with me. and was probably glad to get the job. You would think about it just like now if you got a government contract and you were happy to get it for, you were able to get a good, put in a good bid for it and you were able to get it and then you get the contract and you work all day toward the contract and then at the end, just about done with the day. For uh, that same contract, the contractor is still out hiring people to get that same project done. And then you find out those people who got there at the end got paid the same thing as you did. You could see how people would be like, that's not fair, even though you agreed to the contract. Like how some comedians and comedians and other artists want to get out of the contracts they voluntarily sign because they may not have understood the contract or because the contract may have been um, biased against them, which happens. That's what judges are for. Um, But there is a contract, so it's an agreement. Um, So anyway, let's keep reading. Um, So did you not agree with me for a He's like, didn't you say that was okay? Isn't that what we agreed to? That's what the landowner said. So take what is yours and go your way. I wish to get to this last man the same as to you. So he's like, we had a deal. You said it was cool to take a denarius for a day's worth of work, and I gave it to you. So he's like, so take take your denarius and go on. Is what the landowner saying? Is it not lawful for me to do what I wish with my own things, or is it evil? Or 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 is your eye evil because I'm good? So the landowner here is like, "Um, it's my money, it's my vineyard, you agreed to the contract, I've given you the terms, I've met the terms of the contract, so I haven't broken that, so what's the problem? And he's letting him know, you're just mad because I'm good with with, with my resources. He was able to get the contract completed by going out constantly looking for people, which sort of points to the same thing of the kingdom. They, god is always sending out people from the time of jesus before then sending out the prophecy before then sent out jesus himself when he walked here and has sent us out since then to always be out there in the field doing the work is i would is what i believe jesus is using this parable to say and i um let's see how it goes further um and he's saying is your evil because i'm good so the last will be first and the first last for many are called but few chosen. so i think what he's saying there is just like i just said some people from before jesus had prophecies that's how he said um abraham isaac and jacob uh people who are old testament hebrew jewish israelites whichever name you want to choose them to go by Uh, in the old testament jesus said they're um they've made it to the promise basically Um, what we think of as heaven they've gone somewhere a good place in the afterlife um, to not be too specific or too general but that's how jesus has described it so he said they've gotten there and they got there with just the prophecies of it Um, then you have the people who were there when jesus walked earth the man on the cross who who died alongside or at least was crucified alongside jesus Uh, and then he had his legs broken and who converted just before then Uh, So you know that that happened also. That people were being brought into the kingdom then. And then of course the people since Jesus who Jesus said go ye all into all the world and preach to every creature and all that. In Matthew 28 uh, basically the Great Commission. So there's people then. So there's constantly the work being done to get people on the same job just at different times with the same reward is the point I think of this parable. uh, To say that the at the end of the day we're all trying to get to the same goal uh, an afterlife with happiness and with and in turn in seeking it getting happiness here along the way according to what um jesus has said anyway so anyway i think that's what the parable is to say and at the end of the day focus on your own walk focus on your own um hiring the fact that you're glad when you got that contract and you were happy with the terms of it of the promise of getting the hereafter and don't worry about someone else's walk and what they're doing and how god is using them um i think is part of the point of the parable um okay so now jesus going up to jerusalem took the 12 disciples aside on the road and said to them oh sorry oh okay Behold, gone up to Jerusalem and the Son of Man will be betrayed to the chief priests and to the scribes, and they will condemn him to death. So Jesus is here uh, when he says the Son of Man. He's saying that and speaking of himself in third person. So I think so that it'll make sense when it's documented when we read it. Um, Instead of him saying I, instead he's saying the Son of Man so that it specifically points to that prophecy from the Old Testament that people from that faith believe is some many believe did was accomplished in jesus but generally most believe there's um that hasn't been accomplished and there's still a time to come of when a savior is coming that wasn't jesus and people believe what they believe um so anyway here um jesus is letting him know that's what's going to happen he's predicting it even before it happens and still heading towards it uh, so that sort of also points to what I've said before, that there seems to be paths already determined for us, and the free will part steps in on whether we'll take the path of right or whether we'll take the path of wrong. And then there's a path already lined up, and it's just up to us to choose along the way, depending on how we treat each other, depending on how we treat ourselves, depending on how we treat our bodies, and all sorts of things. Different paths are set up, I believe, all already and i think in this case jesus is letting us know he has a path that he can take and is choosing to take and the path is going to be dangerous and even lead to his death and deliver him to the gentiles to mock and to scourge and to crucify and the third day he'll rise again excuse me this is just water by the way not wine um i just didn't wash dishes so all i had was wine glass. So anyway, what Jesus is saying here um, is that he knows what he's um, walking into and letting them know so that when it happens, it'll affirm their faith. And that's a huge price to pay to uh, affirm our faith. And then the no, notice, as you know, after the crucifixion, some of the disciples still didn't believe even though they saw the miracles all along the way. Then the mother of Zebedee's sons came to him. Jesus, with her sons kneeling down and asking something from him, and he said, "Or what do you wish?" So Jesus, even though he knows hearts and knows minds, he still um, doesn't assume anything. He asks, "What is what's on your mind? What is it you want?" Um, and so these uh, the one asking it are two of the disciples. It's their mother. She said to him, "Grant that these two sons of mine may sit, one on your right hand and the other on the left, in your kingdom." So she's at clout chasing is what we call it nowadays. She's looking for a high place for her kids. Um, Jesus and but Jesus answered and said, You do not know. Oops, let's see. You do not know what you ask. Are you able to drink the cup that I'm about to drink and be baptized with the baptism that I'm baptized with? So Jesus is laying letting her know you're out. Uh, stay in your lane. You don't know what it is you're asking for, and he's like, and the thing you're asking for is the same thing he's about to face, and that is, uh, death. Actually, not just death, like people die, but actually being tormented, tortured, and killed. And he's like, and that is how, um, again, most of the disciples ended up that way. Almost all of them, in fact. One committed suicide. One survived, and like all the rest, were killed. Um. They said to him, we are able. So um, they answered Jesus, like, yeah, we're able to handle it. We can take it. They don't really understand that he's been saying he's, even though he just told them, they don't understand he's letting them know he's walking toward the crucifixion. So he said to them, you will indeed drink my cup and be baptized with the baptism that I'm baptized with. But... To sit on my right hand and on my left is not mine to give, but it is for those for whom it is prepared by my Father. So Jesus lets them know, okay, well you said you're able to, and I just told you what it is I'm walking into. So He did do that, even though they didn't believe it. Even though they heard it again and again, they still didn't believe that He was about, that He was going to be crucified, much less that He'd resurrect. Um, so um, here He's telling them, okay. You say you're able to do it, you're going to get what you said because, again, the disciples were killed, martyred, as believers generally call them, um, meaning you were killed for your religious devotion, whatever religion it is. They're all considered martyrs if you die for it. Um, So anyway, um, maybe even beyond religion, some people are considered martyrs in a general sense, just in case you don't know. So he's saying here, um, you're going to get what you said as far as drinking the same cup walking the same path facing the same fate that jesus is going to face because they said they're able to do it and they were chasing it trying even though he's preached again and again to be humble don't try and exalt yourself again and again he sold them that but they're still looking to be exalted held and um be famous to be uh, to be to clout chase that's what they're doing um, but he's letting them know, okay, we're well, going to get one part since you say you're able to handle it. And But then he lets them know the part about sitting on his right and on his left. Like, you you want to sit next to the president or you want to sit next to the king and the queen just because you want it or because you feel entitled to it or whatever because he's told you you can ask and you can receive it. Jesus lets them know that there's some things that he's not even, it's not there, they're not even his to give, which sort of opens up, has to open up your understanding as to what, god is about what jesus was about what satan is about and what the world is about and because it would seem if god is all-powerful and jesus is all-powerful all of it would be under his um con- complete control but jesus is clearly saying here there's some things that aren't and then here's a, here's uh an example of it that some things are already prepared almost like a predetermined script that, uh, no, that's not going to be for you. That's for, that could be for me. <laughs> it could be for you. It's already predetermined. God only knows. And he's letting them know it won't be for them, so, and, but they're still going to end up dying because they say, yeah, we're, we're looking for clout and we're able to do what you you're doing. Even I don't believe they necessarily understood that he meant they're going to face uh, being killed. Uh, and when the 10 heard it, they were greatly displeased with the two brothers, the clout chasing ticked off the rest of the disciples. Um, because they're trying to be lifted up above the rest of them and in, 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 instead of being humble, or maybe just instead of being with them, they want to just be lifted above them. but Jesus called them to himself and said, so he probably knows what's going on with them that there's division now because of that. but Jesus called them to himself and said, But Jesus called them to himself and said, you know the rulers of the gentiles lorded over them and those who are great exercise authority over them that you can look at an example of this of the congress in the united states how whether they pass bills or not whether they're on vacation or not whether they um agree as they like to love to say reach across the aisle that nonsense because that really doesn't mean much when one is just trying to do it for political gain and the other one's just trying to do it so they can pretend and then shoot it down it's just nonsense but anyway jesus is saying here just like it is now where the people who get paid whether they do their job or not and still have lifelong benefits still um do all kinds of things i don't know anything about having access to how they lord that over the people who don't have it. They have lifetime health insurance, the best. And they have lifetime protection, security. Many of them, most of them are millionaires, especially the ones who've been there beyond two terms, which, anyway. Jesus is letting us know the people who, are, who control the policy, the politicians, they use that and they lord it over the people who don't have it. Yet it shall not be so among you, but whoever desires to become great among you, let him be your servant. So don't be fooled by the use of politicians using the, uh, or even police, especially corrupt ones, saying things like, oh, they're public servants. That's just the title. They aren't, they don't actually um, do anything that seems, many of them, like service. Instead, many times it feels like entitlement, like entitled to the parades, entitled to the honor entitled to bow to them entitled to um kill people without a a trial entitled to kill people without um losing your job entitled a lot of things entitled to do those things and then get the other ones who want to be honest entitled to do those things and get the honest ones to still shut up and back you up and get away with it so um he's saying Those things exist, but the ones who don't believe practice those kinds of things. But if you're going to call yourself a believer, you're supposed to be about something different. And whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave. So he's not saying, oh, slavery is right. No, instead he's saying, take that seat of being the most humble, lowest person uh, that there is in the pecking order. Instead of trying to clout chase, try and see what it is you can do for someone else and doing it. As the slaves had to do, my ancestors had to do it for free and be treated badly along the way. He's saying, do the same thing. Do what you're supposed to do. the right thing and don't do it expecting it. Um, the people who you're doing it for to bow down and um, um, take care of you forever because you're doing it. Instead, do it as the slaves had to do it with expecting nothing in return and in many cases expecting still to be treated badly by the people. I think that's the message is what Jesus is saying here. Excuse me. Not that slavery is right. He's saying that take that same approach to your um, clout chasing uh, instead of clout chasing. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. So that you know what he's saying is he's got all the authority in the world. So he could if he wanted to. Come there and start ringing a bell to get what he wants done or snap a finger and make people pop too. He could do that if he wanted to, but he didn't. He came instead as the servant, as the slave, as the sacrifice. And he's saying if you're going to be his follower, be willing to take that same humble path rather than uh, try and clout chase, seeing if you can have the high place in heaven. Best be trying to get in there and hope you get in, uh, in there in the first place. Uh, Now, as they went out of Jericho, a great multitude followed him, and behold, so that you know, he's on the move, and he's popular, he's gone viral, and behold, two blind men sitting by the road, when they heard that Jesus was passing by, cried out, saying, have mercy on us, O Lord, Son of David. So this lets you know, they're desperate, they need help, and they understand that there's a prophecy of the Son, that means um, a prophecy. Uh, They're talking about the prophecy of a Christ Savior coming from the line of David The uh, the one credited with the Psalms in the book, in the Old Testament In case you don't know who that is So they're saying, the blind men are crying Out for help, because they know Jesus is nearby And they believe that he's that Fulfillment of that prophecy, the son of David Prophecy, then the multitude Warn them that they should be quiet But they cried out all the more Saying, have mercy on us, O Lord Um, son of David So that lets you know They're desperate and they're like Whatever We need help We want our vision So don't tell us Don't shush us We need help And we see There's help nearby It'd be like Your house being on fire You don't want help Call for help for anyone uh, They're calling for help Because they know There's help nearby So Jesus stood still And called them And said What do you want me To do for you So again Jesus doesn't assume anything Just like he didn't assume The ones before What the earlier person wanted or needed or uh, when they she was clout chasing for her sons instead he says what do you wish so he's asking him what do you want me to do for you as if he doesn't can't see that they're blind they said to him lord that our eyes may be open so jesus had compassion and touched their eyes and immediately their eyes received sight and they followed him So Jesus didn't assume that they wanted their vision back. Maybe they had a headache. Maybe they had diabetes. Maybe they had menstrual cramps. God only knows. But he still asked. Rather than assume anything, he asked, what is it you want me to help you with? And um, they told him what they needed. And um, just like that, he granted it. Something, like I've said before, modern day Christians wish we could get sometimes, but don't always. So anyway, uh, that ends this reading. I hope it was a blessing for you. And I hope you'll join me again. It's um, Monday, so it's Matthew. Wednesdays, we have our John Luke readings of those Gospels. And then Saturday night after midnight, um, just early Sunday mornings, we'll pick up where we left off in the Acts of Pilate, a book that didn't make it into the Bible. I believe it should have because many of the facts laid out there totally align with the, what's in the Bible. And I think it would have affirmed a lot of people's faith. But maybe that's why it was left out. So that people could be steered another way. Because believe it or not, there are powers at that be at work. Who do a whole lot of steering through media and politics. And um, social condi- conditioning. Anyway, thanks again. Um, and I hope you join me again. Be safe, wash your hands, love your neighbor, wear your mask. And God bless you. Peace.